0: And check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
1: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.
0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Sword and Scale Daily. I'm your host, Ryan Williams. It's Monday, January 20th, and this is your daily true crime report, Coming up on Sword and Scale Daily, in Long Island, a 27-year-old woman was discovered murdered in her bed. Police say there are no signs of forced entry. In Grantsville, Utah, a teenager is in custody after allegedly killing his mother and siblings and seriously injuring his father. In Minnesota, two additional suspects are charged in connection with the New Year's Eve kidnapping and murder of a real estate agent. Finally, An update in the murder investigation of Peyton Houston, who went missing on December 20th. A 50 year old man is being sought in connection with her death. All this and more coming up on Sword and Scale Daily. 27-year-old Kelly Owen was discovered deceased in her bed on the afternoon of Wednesday, January 15th in South Farmingdale, New York. According to police, there were no signs of forced entry. Kelly Owen was a nursing student and the mother of a six-year-old daughter. They lived with Kelly's parents and brother in a house on First Avenue. The Nassau County Police Department told NBC News that Kelly woke up around 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning and got her daughter ready to be picked up for school. She was supposed to be at the school around three in the afternoon to assist with the after-school program, but when her parents arrived home at approximately 3.30, they saw that her car was still in the driveway, which they found to be alarming. After entering the home, Kelly's parents found her in bed, unconscious and not breathing. They called 911, but emergency responders could do nothing except pronounce Kelly Owen dead. On Thursday, following the autopsy, it was announced that the death was being investigated as a homicide. The medical examiner ruled Kelly died by criminal asphyxiation. At this press conference, Nassau Police Detective Lieutenant Stephen Fitzpatrick stated, quote, This has now become a criminal homicide investigation and we're looking into it. We looked at the house. There's no obvious signs of a break-in. We scoured the area. We're looking into her past, or anyone who knows her. The homicide has put the neighborhood on high alert, and as of Friday, police were still patrolling the nearby area intensively. It is not known whether the attack was targeted or random. Barbara Cortez, a neighbor of Kelly's, told CBS New York, quote, You're supposed to be safe at home, especially in your own bed. And if you have children, that's even more devastating. Our next story brings us to Utah. The Deseret News reports that a teen boy killed three children and one adult inside a Grantsville home this past Friday night. A fifth victim was shot, but survived. It's believed that the suspect and victims are all related. This incident marks the worst mass shooting in Utah since 2007. It is also the first murder in 20 years in Grantsville, a town of 11,000. Police responded to the scene at approximately 7 in the evening on January 17th after multiple callers reported hearing gunshots. It is not known whether there was also a call made from inside the home. The first officers at the scene found the bodies of an adult male, two girls and a boy, likely the suspect's mother and siblings. The suspect and another victim were not at the scene. It later emerged that a person who came by the crime scene earlier had driven the suspect and the fifth victim, believed to be the father, to the hospital. This person has been cleared of having any part in the shooting. Officers arrested the suspect at the hospital. He is being held in a juvenile detention facility and is facing 10 charges, including aggravated manslaughter. The motive is unknown. The fifth victim suffered gunshot injuries and is hospitalized in stable condition. He is expected to recover The family also has a college-aged son who no longer lives at home. According to the Deseret News, this son, a student at Utah Valley University, learned about the event on social media. After the shooting, he posted the following message on social media, quote, Anyone in Grantsville know what's going on? I can't get a hold of my family, and they live on the street where the shooting happened. Several hours later, he posted that he was at his father's bedside in the hospital. Police have no record of prior visits to the home, and the residents did not have a criminal history. Lori Bahi, a neighbor who has known the family for 10 years, described the family as very involved in the community. She told the Deseret News that the mother, quote, took great pride in her gardening and wasn't angered when her neighbor's cows snuck under the fence to eat her grapes. She said the children were, quote, smart and sweet and helped neighbors with yard work. After the break, a former probation officer from Minnesota is charged with luring a real estate agent to her death. Now, for our final story. The Star Tribune reports that 28-year-old Elsa Segura of Fridley, Minnesota, was charged on Friday in connection with the kidnapping and murder of real estate agent, Monique Baugh. Segura is accused of luring the victim to the property she was abducted from. Two men, Barry Davis Jr. and Cedric Barry, have also been charged with Ba's kidnapping and murder. Of the three, only Barry is in custody. Segura and Davis Jr. were charged in an arrest warrant and have yet to be taken into custody. 28-year-old Monique Ba, a mother of two, was kidnapped from a Maple Grove property on December 31, 2019. Surveillance cameras at the property captured the abduction by two men driving a U-Haul truck. At approximately 3 p.m., the footage shows the two men entering and exiting the house One of the men moves the U-Haul so the cargo hold was facing the garage. Another man in the video is seen leading a third person, believed to be Monique, out of the garage and into the cargo hold. At 6.38 p.m. that night, Monique was discovered shot to death in an alley in North Minneapolis. Her hands were bound with tape and she had been shot in the face at close range. About an hour earlier. A masked man entered the Minneapolis apartment she shared with her boyfriend, John Mitchell Momo, and their two daughters. The man, who police alleged to be Cedric Berry, shot Momo three times, in the shoulder, under his heart, and in the groin. Momo survived. Police believe that Elsa Segura called Monique on the 30th, pretending to be a homebuyer, in order to lure her to the kidnapping location. Segura allegedly made an attempt to lure Monique the day before. But that attempt was called off because Monique had brought another agent with her. According to the arrest affidavit, on December 29th, Monique received a voicemail from an unknown number. The caller, a woman who presented herself as Lisa, asked to see a house in Maple Grove, quote, maybe tomorrow morning. Lisa called Monique several more times during the day, which Monique found, quote, very odd. The warrant state that she expressed to others that she did not know how this person obtained her personal phone number. On December 30th, Monique went to the house accompanied by another real estate agent. While Lisa did not appear, she called Monique at approximately 11am, asking whether the stove in the house was gas or electric. It's alleged that this was a ruse to verify whether Monique was alone in the house. She was not. The group then allegedly returned the next day. Investigators tracked Lisa's phone to Elsa Segura. They obtained surveillance camera footage of Segura buying the phone from the store, which shows her making two phone calls during the purchase. A subsequent search of Cedric Berry's phone records revealed he received two calls from Segura at the corresponding time. Moreover, Segura identified her own voice in the message recording. The evidence against Barry and Davis Jr. set forth in the warrants includes surveillance footage of them at the crime scene. Investigators also say their cell phones place all three near Segura's home in Fridley on the evening before the crime. A fingerprint matching Cedric Barry was lifted from the tape binding Monique's hands. Although police have not officially suggested a motive, court records offer two possibilities. According to the search warrant, the savage attacks were the result of, quote, drug rivalry between Cedric Berry and Monique's live-in boyfriend, John. The criminal complaint similarly points the finger at John, but for another reason. It claims that John, who is a rising star in the Twin Cities rap scene under the stage name Momo, had recently signed a record deal and was, quote, flaunting his success. John Mitchell Momo, in a hospital bed interview with the Star Tribune, denied both theories, but concedes the attack may have to do with his recent success. He stated, quote, I've never seen that Cedric dude in my life. I don't know him. I really want to clear the air. They have it like I was in a gang. I don't have a gang background. I believe this is all because of jealousy and envy. There are people out there who would rather see me dead than successful even if it means killing the mother of my children." A spokesperson for the Hennepin County Department of Corrections confirmed to the Star Tribune that Elsa Segura had worked as a probation officer from June 2014 until December 18, 2019, 12 days before the murder. They have not released any information about the circumstances of Segura's departure. Segura is charged with first-degree kidnapping and Davis Jr. is charged with kidnapping and second degree murder. Authorities are currently looking for both. Cedric Berry was arrested and charged with kidnapping, second degree murder, and attempted second degree murder for the alleged attack on John. He has been detained and his bail is set at $2 million. Before we leave you, we have an update in the case of Peyton Houston. On Thursday, AL.com reported that 50-year-old Frederick Hampton, a registered sex offender, has been charged with abuse of a corpse in connection with Peyton's case. Hampton has not been charged in connection with Peyton's death, whose cause and manner of death remain undetermined pending test results. A warrant for Hampton's arrest has been issued, but he has not yet been taken into custody. 29-year-old Peyton Houston disappeared on December 20th, 2019. She was last seen leaving a Birmingham, Alabama bar in the company of two black men. A couple of hours later, Peyton texted a friend she'd been drinking with earlier, saying that she did not know where she was and felt like she was in trouble. She was never seen alive again. On January 3rd, following a tip from the public, investigators searched a vacant house in Hueytown. There, they discovered Peyton's body, wrapped in blankets and buried in a shallow grave behind the house. During a press conference on Thursday, Deputy Chief A.G. of the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office told reporters, quote, we have evidence that the victim and the suspect were together the night of December 20th. We have evidence that the victim died the next day at a house on McLean Street in Brighton. We have evidence that after the victim died, her body was disposed of in a criminal manner by Frederick Hampton. This offender is responsible for the crime, disposing of a corpse in this manner, Additional charges are possible depending on what evidence becomes available. Deputy Chief AG also confirmed that the property Peyton was buried on is owned by relatives of Frederick Hampton. AG did not say whether Frederick Hampton was one of the men Peyton was last seen with. AL.com reported that Frederick Hampton was booked in a Birmingham City Jail for 48 hours from December 28th to 30th on suspicion of kidnapping. This suggests that police did not charge him due to a lack of sufficient evidence. Frederick Hampton's sex offender status goes back to 1992, when he was convicted of first-degree rape and first-degree sodomy. Records show that Frederick Hampton was one of eight men who sexually assaulted a woman in 1991. Frederick Hampton was also charged with kidnapping in the case, but that charge was later dropped. He served 20 years for the crime, and was released in 2012. In addition to abuse of a corpse, Frederick Hampton is also charged with violation of the Sex Offender Notification Act. No details have been given regarding this charge, except to note that the offense occurred after Peyton went missing, and that before her disappearance, he was in compliance with the act. That'll do it for today's episode of Sword and Scale Daily. We're glad to be back this week. Go ahead and give us a follow on our Twitter. Our handle is at SAS underscore daily. It's the best way you can keep in touch with us. Send us over any juicy stories that you find fascinating or just connect with us one on one. We hope to see you there. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, stay safe. Sword and Scale Daily is an incongruity media production. Your host was Ryan Williams. Research and writing by Hagar Barak. Executive producer, Mike Boudet. If you like the show, subscribe and leave us a review. If you'd like to write us with feedback or suggestions, use the email address daily at swordandscale.com.